here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this 19th Sunday after Pentecost is the second reading for today. You heard it read before from Philippians chapter 4. I recall just these words. Always be joyful in the Lord. I'll say it again. Be joyful. We've had it as a tradition for a long time now here at uh, Beautiful Savior that uh, the first part of our service, the very first part of it, I always begin by saying, this is the day the Lord has made. And then you respond by saying, there's two truths that are being reinforced every time we say that. First of all, we're saying, God made this day. He made this present moment. Since he is the creator of this time, he also controls it. And then secondly, our response is twofold. We say, we will rejoice, there's joy, and we will be glad, there's happiness. Now, the reason for mentioning that is joy and happiness are two different things. And if you don't understand it, you can't really enjoy life the way that God meant it to be. So let's review happiness and joy. The opposite of happiness is sadness. But the opposite of joy is depression, is uh, desperation. Happiness is temporal. Like, you know, if the Packers win today, then we'll all be happy. If the Packers lose, then we'll be sad or depressed. But joy is eternal. Happiness is emotional. Joy is spiritual. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is is an attitude. Happiness can come to anyone. Joy is a gift from God that only comes to believers in Jesus Christ. Happiness is based on our temporal circumstances and surroundings. Joy is based on God's eternal promises. Let me give you some examples. Happiness with no joy is an unbeliever who's having a good day. Sadness with no joy is an unbeliever having a bad day. Happiness with joy is a Christian who's having a good day. Sadness with joy could be a Christian singing songs at a funeral of his loved one. 
sadness with joy could also be a man like the Apostle Paul, who wrote these words for us this morning from prison, unjustly put there for his faith in Jesus Christ. Sadness, not really happy, but there was joy. Now this morning I have to give credit to a lady by the name of Kay Warren, who wrote a book, Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And it's the best definition of joy that I can find. And it goes like this. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in all things. Now, she didn't make up those words. She got those ideas from Scripture. She took some words of Psalm 115. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he wants. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. uh, Jeremiah 31. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And finally, from Job, though the Lord slay me, yet will I trust in him. And the determined choice to praise God in all things, even in bad times. Then Kay Warner also quoted uh, from Jeremiah chapter 2. She said, uh, Jeremiah says, my people have done two things wrong. They have abandoned me the fountain of life-giving water. They have also dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold any water. Those words from Jeremiah are an illustration. Imagine you're out there in in some desert, and you're so dry, you're almost dead. And you meet the Lord, and he offers you a, a cool glass of spring fresh water. And he says, drink and live. But instead of taking the water, you take a shovel and start digging in the sand until you get some dirty water way down there when you know it's a hole that's going to collapse in itself anyway. You see, we go searching for joy in all the wrong places. We try to find joy in God's created things like people, possessions, property, places, personality, self-help books. Money, important people, the right house, the right car, the right education. You find out up with no, that there's no lasting fulfillment. God, our Father, holds out a clean, fresh glass of living water and says, take and drink. You know, sometimes we take the joy out of our lives by living with those regrets of the past. And all those worries about the future. Rather than living just this present day because this is the day the Lord has made. And by the way, if you happen to be a person right now who has joy in your heart but also sadness and depression, you are not alone. Our Savior suffered Judas's betrayal 
Peter's denial, the soldiers' ridicule, the Pharisees' punches, Pilate's cowardice, soldiers' nails. Why did he do it? Hebrews chapter 12 says, We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him. So he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought to him. Then he received the highest position in heaven, the one next to the throne of God. He saw the joy ahead of him. Who was that joy? That joy is you. That's why Jesus went to the cross all the way for you. In the midst of suffering, he had settled assurance, quiet confidence, and a determined choice to praise his heavenly Father. Why do we have joy in the first place? St. Paul answers it right in these words before us this morning. He says, because the Lord is near. You can have joy every day of your life. That settled attitude, because the Lord is near. What did Jesus say before he ascended into heaven? Lo, I am with you always, always. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of you. The Lord is near his return to take us home to heaven, is very near. And sometimes Jesus comes very near to us in another invisible way, and you're going to see it again this morning, in with and under the bread and wine for us Christians to eat and drink. Jesus invisible, but there he is. And what does that all mean? It means whatever happens or is happening to us, we are always operating from a position of strength because the Lord is near. That's why St. Paul could have joy, even though he was sitting there rotting in prison. So most of you know that Friday is my day off. It's not really a day off. Pastors are on duty 24-7, but it's a time where I don't come into the office and I do some of the stuff at home that I need to be done. So I went out shopping on Friday. And I went into the stores and I saw that all the Christmas decorations were up. Now, for maybe some of you kids who are six, seven, eight years out there, yippee, it's coming. But for a lot of us adults, we might say something else. Well, it's coming anyway. The holiday season is going to be here very, very shortly. And during it, I can guarantee you, just like all the other years, you're going to have some ups and you're going to have some downs. You're going to have some happiness and you're going to have perhaps some depression or not so much happiness. But I can guarantee you this. No matter what, this side of eternity, happiness is always short-lived. But I can also guarantee you this, that real joy is right now. And it lasts forever. And you don't have to go searching for it. Because it comes to us as a special gift of God's grace that he gives only to his very own children for whom he died and rose again. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him. 
so he endured death on a cross. Oh, and by the way, you know I said happiness is sort of temporal here on earth? Well, when you get home to heaven, your joy and your happiness is going to be forever. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace, St. Paul says, through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God grant it for Jesus' sake, and peace be with you. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. This is on page 7 of your bulletin. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.